This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're reading, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. Today I'll be taking a break from research breakdowns and such to talk about navigating nonsense that happens during the holiday season. Reader Anna asked, It seems like I can't put a bite of food in my mouth from November to January without somebody saying something. My mom, the people at work. I'm looking forward to seeing my family, but also dreading it. A little help, maybe? I'm so sorry about this, and I'm happy to offer some thoughts. As the holiday season is upon us, there can be an uptick in diet culture, from work parties to family gatherings to the deluge of diet ads and people we know signing up for one more ride on the diet roller coaster. Below are some options for anyone who may have to deal with inappropriate friend, family, coworker, rando at the gym behavior during the holiday season, whether they are celebrating any holidays or not. As a bonus, these can actually work during any season. Being under surveillance by the friends and family or coworker or anyone, food police can really ruin a good time or even a mediocre one. What's more fun? A few things come to mind immediately. Root canal, shaving my head with a cheese grater, fish hook in the eye. So what do we do? First, we can ignore or respond silently. I want to point out that the opportunity to respond in various situations can be impacted by things like power, privilege, family, culture, neurodivergence, energy level, and or you might just not feel like doing anything. So remember that you aren't obligated to respond. It can be helpful to name what's happening even if you don't say it out loud, thinking something like, that's diet culture, weight stigma, or body shaming. What you want to do is put some space between yourself and the message to help you avoid internalizing it. We can remind ourselves that this kind of nonsense becomes our problem, but is never our fault and it should not be happening. You can set some boundaries. It can help to be prepared for boundary setting when we go into this type of situation. One option is this three-step boundary setting process. Think about what your boundaries are and what consequences you're willing to enforce if they're violated. So think about what you would be willing to do. Leave the event, stay at a hotel, cease conversation until the person can treat you appropriately. Be sure that you know what you want and that you can follow through. Then follow these three steps. You can have these conversations prior to the situation and or you can have them in the moment. Step one, state the boundary. Something like, it's not okay to talk about what I eat or it's not okay to comment on my body, etc. You can explain why if you want, but you aren't obligated. So you could choose to say, I'm working on developing a healthy relationship with food in my body and negative comments are harmful. Or I'm sure you mean well, but policing my food or making negative comments about my body is not appropriate. But you don't have to explain. You could just say, it's not okay to talk about what I eat. Step two, state the consequence that you can follow through with. If it happens or it happens again, I'll head home, or take my dinner into another room, stop engaging with you, whatever works for you. It doesn't have to be something big. It just has to be something you can follow through with. Step three, follow through. So you told your Aunt Gertrude that it was not okay to police your food and that if she does it again, you'll head home and try again the next holiday. As you reach for some potatoes, she says, do you really think you need those? It's time. You get up, pack up. And say something like, I'm sorry that you've chosen not to respect my boundaries, so like I said, I'm going to head home. We'll try again next holiday. It's important to say it this way because the people who refuse to respect our boundaries tend to be the same people who blame us when they experience consequences. We want to make sure that they are clear that we aren't ruining dinner, 
they are ruining dinner. Again, if this doesn't sound like something you want to do, you absolutely don't have to do it. We can also try a little more conversation. You might decide to engage in a conversation. You can use this to try to educate the person, to educate those who are observing this, and or to feel like you've said what you need to say. As an example, I'll use that age-old shaming question, do you need to eat that? This is such a loaded question. What do they mean by need? Are they asking if our glycogen stores are depleted? If at this exact moment, our body requires the precise nutrients that are delivered by cornbread stuffing and gravy? Do they feel that fostering a relationship with food that is based on guilt and shame is in our best interest? Regardless of why it's asked, we don't have to consider it to be an appropriate question. Still, for the record, I think it's typically asked for one of about three reasons. First, judgment. The person asking the question has decided that it's their job to pass judgment on your activities. Being too cowardly to directly state their opinion, they use this question as a mode of passive aggression to make you admit it to yourself. This is one of those situations where they would probably claim to be mistreating you for your own good. In truth, if the person asking this question really cared about you and your health, however misguided they might be, they would talk to you about it in person alone at an appropriate time. And they would ask a question that invited dialogue, not try to embarrass you in front of people while you're eating what is supposed to be a fun meal. Sometimes this question is about power or superiority. Remember, some people's bodies left junior high, but their mentality was tragically left behind. For these types, nothing makes them feel so powerful as judging someone else and making that person feel terrible. Sometimes that is because the asker is actually drowning in insecurity. The person asking the question perhaps struggles with weight stigma, their guilt about eating, etc. And since they feel guilty for enjoying the food, they think that you should feel guilty about enjoying it too, or they want to deflect attention from their behavior to yours. Look, the degree of difficulty in discerning someone's intent in this sort of thing can range from, of course, to who the hell knows. Again, though, it doesn't matter why they are asking this question if we are not okay with being asked. So you're at a holiday meal, you take seconds on mashed potatoes, and someone asks the dreaded question, do you need to eat that? It seems like the table falls silent waiting for your reply. What do you say? This can bring up a lot of emotions, and those emotions are valid. One way to reframe might be to consider that you are feeling embarrassed and or sorry for them being so steeped in diet culture and being inappropriate and not ashamed of your own actions. Then you can try one of these options. Quick and simple said with finality. Yes, and then eat it. No, and then eat it. You can also answer with a question, and I find it really effective to ask these without malice, with a tone of sort of pure curiosity. If you're not in the mood to have a dialogue about this, maybe skip these. So you could ask, oh, why do you think that's your business? Or, oh, what led you to believe that I want you to police my food intake? Or, why are you policing my food? A pointed response. And here it's helpful to be ready with a consequence if the behavior continues. Um, I find that inappropriate and offensive. Please don't comment on my food choices. What I eat is none of your business and your commenting on it is not okay. I have absolutely no interest in discussing my food choices with you. I'm not soliciting opinions about my food. Cathartic, but probably not that useful if you want to create an opportunity for dialogue. On the other hand, you are under no obligations to center the feelings of people who are doing you harm, nor is there any requirement that you open yourself up to more possible harm by creating a dialogue. If you're just over it and want that to be clear, these could be a good choice. 
So you could say, yes, I need to eat it because dealing with your rudeness is rapidly depleting my glycogen stores. Or if I want to talk to the food police, I'll call Pi 11. Or I can't imagine what made you think that was appropriate to say, but as a holiday gift, I'm willing to forget this ever happened. Or thanks for trying to give me your insecurities, but I was really hoping to get an air fryer this year. Or no, I don't need to eat it, but using my fork to eat helps keep me from stabbing you with it. We deserve to enjoy holiday meals, and really all meals, in peace. Our choices around food, movement, and our bodies aren't other people's business unless we ask them to make it their business. And finally, just another reminder that we shouldn't have to deal with this because it shouldn't be happening. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.